0: Well, we all know the saying, pride comes before the fall. And this Pride Month, we are witnessing a great fall indeed. From corporations and the federal government backtracking on pride promotion to even school children pushing back, we're witnessing a great fall, but not only of the pride community, but also Joe Biden. Biden has been caught red-handed taking a $5 million bribe from a corrupt Ukrainian executive, and to distract the nation, he has weaponized the federal government to arrest his political opponent, Donald J. Trump, leading many to call our current political climate a banana republic or even a police state. We're going to be covering all of this and more on this episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Now, I have got, uh, you guys already know, 40 plus articles for you, 14 videos. I am going to be hitting you with a barrage of information. But before your brains start to soak in all of the insanity that we are currently living through, please remember that this show is funded by you guys and it is powered by by the viewers, the listeners. Thank you to every single person who continuously supports on Rumble, on YouTube, on Subscribestar. This is one of the easiest ways to support. Link is down below. If you would like to make monthly contributions, this is one of the easiest ways to do so. It allows you to make monthly contributions that go towards buying new equipment and, uh, you know, making sure that this show keeps going. Or you guys can also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. I read every single one, and it helps us grow in the charts. So if you haven't done that yet, I would absolutely adore it if you could. Or you guys can, of course, just leave a like, a subscribe on the YouTube video, or go follow me on Rumble. We are really growing over there, which I absolutely love to see. And to be quite honest with you guys, I'm very surprised that our Pride Videos, our Pride live streams have stayed up on YouTube so far, but here we are, where we're, we're, we're uh, you know, celebrating Pride Month, and we're focusing in on the reality of Pride, right? Like I started the show off with, and uh, as the Bible talks about, Pride comes before the fall, and we are witnessing uh, the fall of the indulgent and decadent community that has a thousand percent overplayed their hand, in all of the corporations that aided and abetted in pushing their ideology down all of our throats. So a lot of wins, okay, a lot of W's taking place in 2023, my friends, but it's not all uh, peaches and cream out here because there has been a lot of uh, news surrounding Pride Month, right? And I'm sure every single one of you has seen the story of the topless tranny who was shaking his boobs in front of the entire nation, in front of the White House. We'll discuss that a little bit more. Now, I'm sure the majority of you have already heard this story, but underreported in the media and even on Twitter, I think, have been the bribes that Joe Biden has now been officially accused and we are now seeing evidence of him taking. And then, of course, uh, the political persecution of Donald Trump, I've seen you know bits and pieces of both of these stories because i am very politically involved but kind of looking at the twitter space and looking at what everybody's focused in on and outraged on um it all seems to surround either pride month or alien videos okay guys i keep seeing all of these random news stories and whistleblowers coming out about aliens all of a sudden this month. So I tweeted this out the other day. I said, the government keeps trying to deploy aliens and naked trannies to distract us from one, the FBI exposing Biden for taking a $5 million bribe from a Ukrainian oil executive and Democrats weaponizing the federal government against Trump and an attempt to rig the 2024 election in their favor. Don't get distracted by the aliens, kids. And I want to focus in on that last part there as well, because that is exactly what is happening. The Democrats are trying to weaponize the federal government to ensure that they win again in 2024 which absolutely cannot stand and is ridiculous that we are seeing so far uh but here we are this is uh america and the united S- or this is the united states of america in 2023 and um you know nancy mace actually tweeted this out uh this is from joe biden's speech last november in 2022 and uh You know, regarding the indictment of Donald Trump, she said, just in case anyone is confused um, regarding what this is really about. This is the president last November. And here is Joe Biden saying, I'm making sure Trump, under legitimate efforts of our Constitution, does not become the next president again. Uh, That was Joe Biden last year. Basically, uh, you know, saying the plan, saying exactly what he's doing, which we're going to cover This bribe that he took from this Ukrainian oil executive, and this was something that he bragged about as well, uh, was getting that Ukrainian prosecutor fired that was investigating said executive's business that Joe Biden took the bribe from. So it's really funny that um, Biden has been allowed to and the Democrats as a whole have been allowed to um, commit such criminal activity and um basically offer up America on a silver platter time and time again. And they've done it so often and without repercussion that they go and they brag about it in front of the entire world. So we'll be getting into all of that. And again, too, we'll be focusing in on the pride stuff. But I do think that we should be focusing in quite a bit on the fact that um, Trump has been federally indicted. Now, this is different from the New York Attorney General uh, indicting Trump that happened this past April, that was just a couple months ago that had to do with payments to Stormy Daniels. It's all a bunch of nonsense. Um, but this is the first federal indictment. So, from the post millennial, Trump pleads not guilty to all 37 counts brought by Biden's DOJ, 2024 GOP front runner Donald Trump pled not guilty to all 37 federal charges. Uh, In late August, the DOJ employed the FBI to seize 11 boxes of documents from Trump's Mar-a-Lago home and then claimed that Trump was impeding their investigation. The DOJ did not permit Trump's attorney to be present during the search and seizure. So, uh, you know... Trump goes on Truth Social, he calls this out. Um, The special counsel that is heading this is Jack Smith. Trump calls him a corrupt thug, adding in another post that there's a two-tier justice system in the United States. Imagine that, my friends. We're gonna be focusing in on this part right here where Trump asks, will deranged Jack Smith be looking at the thousands of pages of documents that Biden had in Chinatown? Then when caught, quickly sent up to Boston. What about the over 1800 boxes that Biden is fighting to keep secret? Trump questioned on Truth Social. How about Hillary's 33,000 emails that she deleted and acid washed? And of course, we have the media coming in and um, trying to cover for the Biden administration and the severity of what Biden has done in sicking the federal government on Donald Trump. So we will be getting into the media's response here in a moment. Um, But just for some of us who might be like, OK, uh, Burisma, Ukraine, I forgot what has happened with this, because the media will focus in it all day, every day on if uh, Donald Trump sneezes the wrong way. OK, uh, Donald Trump can do something So normal, be a part of an everyday, you know, regular life. He's like, he's playing golf and then the media will turn it into like this white supremacist Nazi thing like, wow, here's Donald Trump playing a round of golf on his estate while children in Africa starve. Disgusting. This is a blatant sign of white supremacy. And that's the media in the modern day. So I do want to give us a refresher on Burisma, on Ukraine, on Biden, for those of us who, again, might be victims of the the continuous news cycle that bombards us with propaganda to keep us distracted and forgetful about things like this. So uh this comes from, Senator Chuck Grassley. Now, this came out on Monday. He said that a Burisma executive who allegedly paid Biden has audio recordings of conversations with both Hunter and Joe. And I'm saying a five million dollar bribe here, but it was really a ten million dollar bribe because it was five mil for Hunter and then another five mil for the big guy. That's Joe Biden. Uh, let's listen to Chuck Grassley regarding um, some of the information. I believe this was an FBI whistleblower who came forward. Um, and exposed this evidence. Um, So yeah, they have a confidential source who detailed multiple meetings and conversations uh, they had with a top Burisma executive over the course of several years, starting back in 2015. So this dates back to when Joe Biden was a vice president. Um, So here are some of the pieces of evidence that... um, Congress potentially has against Joe Biden. The
1: 1023 produced to the House committees that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17 such recordings. According to the 1023 The foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot.
0: Okay, so there's some of the evidence that they have. Uh, what did he say, like oh, 15 audio recordings? Yeah, we have phone calls. We have uh, a lot of evidence. We have Joe Biden on the record. And uh, one of the only shows that I have heard so far today actually playing these recordings were either OAN or Dan Bongino. Again, I monitor the Twitter, Twitter space every single day because we do know that Twitter is basically the newspaper, right? Uh, Usually back in the day, you'd wake up in the morning, you'd have your newspaper on your front door, you'd go get it, you'd be like, hey, what's going on today? Let's go find out. Now it's Twitter, right? So everyone's scrolling through Twitter, and I'm looking at the news cycle, I'm looking at what is really being focused in on. And this kind of got brushed over on Monday. But again, Pride Month and Alien News keeps taking precedent over this. And like I said, let me give you guys a quick refresher here Um, just for those of us who were like, oh, what even happened here? Joe Biden allegedly paid five million by Burisma executive as part of a bribery scheme, according to an FBI document. So, again, five million for Joe Biden and then another five million for Hunter Biden, who sat on the board of Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma Holdings. So we just went over all of the uh, pieces of evidence that they have now quick refresher here. The Burisma executive sought the advice of the confidential source, a business professional, on gaining U.S. oil rights and getting involved with a U.S. oil company. The source is familiar with the document said. The Burisma executive was speaking with the confidential source to get advice on the best way forward in 2015 and 2016. So according to the FD 1023 form, the confidential source said the Burisma exec discussed Hunter's role On the board, so there you guys go. You have a foreign nation trying to break into the American oil market, and then they have Hunter Biden that's on their board working with their organization or with their business. Uh, So the confidential source questioned why the Burisma exec needed his or her advice in acquiring access to U.S. oil if Hunter Biden was on board with. In which the executive answered that uh, Hunter Biden was dumb. He referred to him as dumb, and again, I'm just reading. From the source here. Okay. This is not my opinion. The Burisma exec explained to the confidential source that Burisma had to, quote, pay the Bidens because Ukrainian prosecutor, pay attention here, Victor. Shokin was investigating Burisma and explained how difficult it would be to enter the U.S. market in the midst of that investigation. Now, at the beginning of this show, I was talking about how Joe Biden, the Democrats, have gotten away with so much corruption that they have openly and blatantly bragged about this. There is on video Joe Biden bragging about getting this prosecutor fired. I don't have the video with me here. Maybe I'll get it for you guys next show. But that video very much does exist. And guess what, my friends? guess what? So um, spoiler alert, um, Burisma exec pays the Bidens $5 million each, $5 million for one Biden, $5 million for the other, the Burisma exec told the source, okay? And then what ends up happening is um, that prosecutor that was investigating Burisma gets fired. And it seems that Joe Biden- um, he utilized his position of power as vice president at the time to make sure that happened. So the confidential source said the Burisma exec told him he paid the Bidens in such a manner through so many different bank accounts that investigators would not be able to unravel this for at least 10 years. The document then makes reference to the big guy, which has been said to be in reference to Joe Biden and again, that confidential source saying that uh, Biden never got any of these payments directly. And this is all coming from a source that the FBI has used since 2010, uh, has been approximately paid 200,000 by the Bureau. So, um, there you guys go. Biden has acknowledged, it's my favorite part of the article here too, that when he was vice president, he successfully pressured Ukraine to fire prosecutor Victor Shokin. At the time, Shokin was investigating Rees holdings. And at the time, Hunter had a highly lucrative role on the board, receiving thousands of dollars per month. The then vice president threatened to withhold 1 billion of critical U.S. aid if Shokin was not fired, which is, I'm pretty sure, illegal to do. I'm pretty sure... um. If Donald Trump had done something similar during his position of power uh, in our government, he would have been indicted and thrown in jail for that already. Um, But and again, my friend Harrison Smith, he does his own radio show called The American Journal, incredible uh, radio host. He puts this in layman's terms for us as well. And just a beautiful overview of what this all means and how it does lead to the current indictment of Donald Trump, how this was tied to the impeachment of Donald Trump. So Harrison says, so let me get this straight. The FBI was withholding from congressional oversight a document showing that during the Obama administration, Biden accepted a $10 million bribe through his son Hunter to force the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor that was investigating corruption, an event that Donald Trump looked into, sparking the first impeachment and forcing the arming of Ukraine in turn setting the stage for the current war in Russia. So remember, a lot of people were trying to say um, that Donald Trump basically called Ukraine and was trying to like withhold, I think it was like military aid or support, I can't remember exactly, but basically what Biden did to Ukraine, if they didn't fire this prosecutor, they accused Donald Trump of doing because Trump as president was like, hey, this seems corrupt, what was going on here? Uh, I'd like some information. So then, that set the stage for the first impeachment. So evidence of the bribe was also in Hunter Biden's laptop, which the FBI also had. Which, by the way, guys, I- I'm I'm like kind of of two minds about this, right? Where I'm like, okay. I don't trust the FBI and this is an FBI source and informant, but also um, we're listening to the recordings and we have Joe Biden on record talking about taking these bribes. We have evidence of it here. So, you know, like I've talked about before, uh, there's good and bad people in every single organization. And it does seem like this is legitimate because guess what's happening to the FBI whistleblowers or any FBI whistleblowers or sources who come out and tell the truth about what's going on behind the scenes. Their lives get threatened. Their lives get ruined. And and, um, former FBI officials who, and Dan Bongino laid this out really well on his show today. I would highly encourage you guys to go listen to his show from today and yesterday because he really lays this out if you're interested in understanding where our current political climate is at. Um, You know, don't be surprised in another, what, two years in 2024 if Joe Biden wins again um, because he had his political opponent arrested, okay? Okay. Uh, because he utilized authoritarian tactics in under the guise of democracy and following the law. So going back to what he- uh, Harrison is saying. Evidence of the bribe was also in Hunter Biden's laptop, which the FBI also had, but that they swore was Russian disinformation and infiltrated social media to censor during the 2020 campaign. All while the FBI investigates Trump for having classified documents, despite the FBI admittedly letting Hillary Clinton off for a similar charge in 2016 when they were simultaneously launching the Russiagate investigation into Donald Trump using falsified evidence provided by the Clinton campaign. And by the way, the FBI was involved in that as well, and they knew that that was all a lie. So, Harrison did a great job of laying out how, you know, this did start off with the corruption of the uh, Obama administration. And then what ended up happening, I I mean, whether you love or hate Trump, I think it is safe to say that he went after the quote unquote deep state, which everyone keeps trying to tell us is not a real thing. And look at what is happening to him now. He is being indicted on 37 counts brought by Biden's Department of Justice. The federal government has been weaponized against a political opponent and. The media is already doing a great job of coming in, being a propaganda arm of the Biden administration and running cover for what is actually happening. And the important thing here, right, because I know we're in the midst of the 2024 um races, right, who's going to be the Republican nominee. I want to make something very clear here. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about the precedent this sets for every single American in the future if we do not get angry and we do not stand by Donald Trump as he is being politically persecuted by our federal government. So really quickly here, guys, if you are uh, DeSantis supporters, if you you hated Trump previously because of Operation Warp Speed or you didn't like him, him for this or that, let's look at the bigger picture here for a minute and look at the precedent that this is setting and the example the government is trying to set via Donald Trump with these federal indictments. That's the main focus here. And I want us all to be very aware of that. Now, one of the opponents of Donald Trump, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, has been the only person who has come out strong in This stance. okay, and you guys can have your own opinions as well as, oh, he's just doing this because he wants a spot on the Trump administration when he wins or he wants a spot in government, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, where this was happening, hasn't even come out with a statement as strong as Vivek has. So I want you guys to listen to what he had to say, because as soon as, uh, you know, Trump was being arrested, as he was making his way to that Miami federal courthouse, Vivek came out strong, not only again for Trump, but the precedent that this sets for future Americans and for the 2024 presidential election. Listen to this really quick.
2: It would be a lot easier for me as a Republican candidate in this race if Donald Trump were not in it. But I don't want to win this election, unlike others. By eliminating our competition, by a federal administrative police state arresting my opponents. I want to do it the way that our founding fathers believed we should have, starting in 1776. That it is the people of this country where every person's voice and vote counts equally. That is how we decide who governs this country, not by a federal administrative police state. And I challenge the Biden administration with this FOIA request. I challenge my fellow contenders in this race with this commitment letter to say that we will pardon Trump on January 20th, 2025, and nobody, either Biden or the other contenders in this race, are going to be able to hide from that truth.
0: So incredibly strong statement. And to be quite honest, uh, I think that Mavaik is one of the most authentic candidates running on the Republican side. Because again, uh, the reason why this is such a strong statement is because he's not making it about himself, right? He's not like, oh, well, when I run for president, this is what I'm going to do. He is saying, if I win, okay, I'm signing this letter to say that Trump will be pardoned. And I'm also calling on every other single candidate in this race, if they beat me, to stand by Donald Trump because of the precedent that this sets for every single American. He calls out the Biden administration, the police state. Uh, He calls out the authoritarian government. He even calls out the Republican donor class in this speech. It was about three and a half minutes long, but I cut it down for you guys. But I would highly encourage you. It's on my Twitter account, the full speech, to go and listen to it in its entirety, because this is what a strong political leader who is not bought and paid for, sounds like. And it is incredible to me. Now, I don't think that Mavaik is actually going to make it uh, all the way to rep- Republican nominee. I think he's kind of equatable to the Tulsi Gabbard of this race, right, where he had good ideas. He's a great speaker, uh, strong presence. But, you know, he's too he's got too good of a head on his shoulders for us to actually utilize him in office sadly and uh you know that's how uh, washington dc and the government is if you have a strong opponent who actually cares about the country cares about making a solid change what does the republican party do they disregard so incredibly strong statement from the vague i have not seen a statement as strong from any other republican candidate or nominee uh highlighting how important this indictment and this action against Donald Trump is for the future of American people. Now we have also seen the propaganda arm of the Biden administration coming out strong, okay, the the mainstream media coming in here. Now I read to you guys earlier Donald Trump's truth social post about Hillary Clinton acid washing her emails, right? NBC News puts this fact check out, guys, and it's absolutely hilarious. Um The claim is that Trump said that Clinton asset washed her email server, but the truth is that Clinton's team used an app called Bleach Bit. She didn't actually use a corrosive chemical, but she did use an app to destroy and the evidence in her email server. But like not actual chemicals, like Trump's ridiculous. There's your media. Get ready for the next freaking six years of nonsense. I say six years because we're already gonna have to deal with this for the, you know, lead up to, oh, I guess, oh my gosh, it's 2023. Election year is next year. <laughs> what day is it? Sorry. I blink and it's it's freaking, we're halfway to, through 2023. I don't know why I thought it was 2022 still, guys. I myself am so bombarded with politics that I don't know what year I'm living in. I yearn for a better time, 2022, um, when we weren't closer to 2024. And I wasn't living in a so blatant police state. Okay, let's keep going. Now, um, CNN also was covering what was going on. And uh, Donald Trump was at a cafe in Miami. And, uh, you know, they were giving the live B roll of it. And Jake Tapper has a meltdown. He says, I don't need to see any more of that because what is showing on screen? Americans praying with Donald Trump, Americans surrounding Donald Trump and supporting him. And CNN absolutely cannot show that. It was funny because uh, Rachel Maddow of MSNBC as well came forward and she was like, we just can't even broadcast what Trump says because we can't uh, expose our viewers to lies like that. We can only expose the truth. And it's like, I'm sorry, every day of your broadcast is lies, bro. Like, what are you talking about? The reason why the mainstream media doesn't want to broadcast Trump or his his speeches, his quotes, his response is because what he's saying is true. Everything he's saying about the Bidens, about Hillary Clinton's email servers is all true. And there was even an old clip from CNN where uh, one of the panelists, you know, more on the Republican side, brought up Hillary Clinton's email servers and how she smashed them up with hammers. And they were like, we need to get a fact check check on that live on the show. And then their fact checker was like, yeah, that, that's actually true. We can't, we can't combat that. That, that one's, that one actually happened. <laughs> Whoopsies. So the mainstream media really trying to come in and run cover. We also have a uh, PBS taxpayer funded, mind you, um, broadcasting Trump's speech. And I believe he gave a statement at Mar-a-Lago last night after he was arrested And they put this context warning on the bottom that says experts warn that inflammatory rhetoric from elected officials or people in power can prompt individual actors to commit acts of violence. To which I would respond, PBS. Really? So did you guys say anything about Biden's inflammatory remarks in Philadelphia last year in which he called MAGA Republicans a threat to democracy and uh Attacked half the nation. No, you didn't. Freaking Joe Biden was clowned for looking like a Nazi behind his red background. He looked so scary. He was demonizing uh, Americans who maybe politically didn't align with him as a threat. But did PBS have anything to say back then? No, because they like authoritarian Joe Biden. Now, Fox News, maybe a little bit redeemable. You guys might hate me for saying that one, but this is a real Chiron that Fox News put up last night. And it is absolutely hilarious. They say, and it's um, a picture of Trump's speech and then it's Biden. So they're right next to each other. And the Chiron reads, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival, arrested and i absolutely love this i'm like all right maybe fox news you know that was the one good thing we're going to see out of them uh for the rest of time but i did think that that was hilarious because that's exactly what biden is he is a wannabe dictator he's an authoritarian he wants to usher in a police state and he's already brought it in to the united states of america why do you think we have so many legal immigrants from socialist and communist dictatorships that are out here. And they were at the forefront of speaking out about how this could happen to America, about what happened in Venezuela could happen in America in Cuba could happen in the United States. You have Yon-mi Park who escaped the dictatorship of North Korea talking about how um, the United States right now is in the beginning phases of us being shipped off the camps for having wrong think, for, not agreeing with what the government allows us to think and say so we should all be very aware of that and now that the federal government has come after donald trump uh again this isn't like a 2024 political campaign promotion here it's a we all need to be paying very close attention to what is happening to this american and the precedent it sets for all of us now um Again, too, I am just going to highlight, though, that Trump raised two million dollars just hours after his arraignment, and uh, highlighting some of the more up-to-date numbers, he since raised over six million dollars in six days after the federal charges, and after ten, mil- after raising ten million, and the five days from the New York indictment case. Now, what I'm highlighting with this is that the political persecutions. Are only making Donald Trump more popular because the vast majority of Americans see the reality of this and see what it means for the future for all of the for all of us. So a uh, lot of popularity there. Now the Biden administration really overplaying their hand. Uh, I think I titled tonight's episode uh, "Biden's Gay Criminal America Backfires" because that's exactly what is happening. Joe Biden tried to you know break the law, and then um persecute his political opponent for doing exactly what he did. And it's backfiring. Now Donald Trump is more popular than ever. He is growing in the polls. He's raising millions. And then Biden decided uh, it would be a good idea to get involved in Pride Month. And that backfired spectacularly, too. Uh, Jordan Peterson put this out, Pride Ends as it always has with a fall. And that is what we are seeing so spectacularly right now. I also saw this uh, meme of, uh, you know, everybody bowing down to the golden idol here, but you have the people who will not bow down, but the golden idol in the modern day, right? Our false God is the LGBTQ community. It is that pride flag. And so, um, to the people saying, just celebrate Pride, it doesn't cost you anything. They're referencing Joe Biden here who put up the Pride flag um, (laughs) on, uh, yeah, I believe this was the White House where this happened. Yes, it was. It was the White House, okay? So they put the Pride flag up at the White House in the middle of two American flags, which we'll get to here in a moment. But let me play you this video uh, first because I just want to highlight, again, where all of this is going. Actually, I'm going to save the video. I lied. I'm a dirty liar. I'm saving the video for for you guys for a minute. We're going to focus in on Biden's White House being gayified. Super gay. Super trans. This is the Biden administration and what they're focused in on. So Biden tweeted this out um, on Saturday. Today, the people's house, your house, sends a clear message to the country and to the world. America is a nation of pride. And again, he put up the... Pride flag between two American flags, which uh, apparently is a violation of U.S. flag code. Now, Tom Fitton had pointed this out. He said, uh, U.S. flag code seven reads that the flag of the United States of America should be at the center and at the highest point of the group when a number of flags of states or localities or pennants of societies are grouped and displayed from. Staffs. So um, the White House, of course, did not immediately respond and you know comment on this. Uh, but many people extremely upset that again the pride flag here was given precedent over the flag of our country, and that's what it is. Is they think that the LGBTQ community is its own like nation. It's and like I've said this many times too, where I feel like. We've been conquered and this is just one example of that. We, we now have the federal government violating flag codes that have been put in place to show respect for our nation, for our flag, for all of the men who have died for the red, white and blue. And it's, it's just disregarded and the, the trans flag is put up there in replacement of it. Uh, so violation of, um, flag code there. But of course, because it's the Biden administration, they had to take it a step further. And they invited all of these LGBTQ influencers to the White House. And it ended exactly how you would have expected it to. Just going to play some B-roll of you guys. of One of the trans influencers who was invited flashing his fake boobs in front of the entire nation alongside a female who got a double... I believe it's a mastectomy. Is that what it's called again? I'm looking this up in live time to make sure that I'm being correct. Yep, the double mastectomy there. Uh, So there you guys go. There's uh, Joe and Jill bringing decency back to the ballot, except this backfired spectacularly. And they have since banned that topless trans influencer, Rose Montoya, from ever attending any other White House events again. Now, people on the the right were kind of in a back and forth about this, right? Uh, Because the White House came out and they were like, yeah, this was extremely uh, inappropriate and disrespectful behavior for any event at the White House quote, it is not reflective of the event we hosted to celebrate LGBTQI plus families or the other hundreds of guests who were in attendance. Individuals in the video will not be invited to future events. So again, it's not just the uh, Rose Montoya trans influencer that's banned, it's also the other people in the video because keep in mind, you have both men and women here, fake boobs or breasts removed, flashing themselves in front of the White House. And it's absolutely hilarious to me that the Biden administration tried to do damage control and say this wasn't reflective of the LGBTQI plus families, when this is exactly reflective of what the LGBTQ community believes and what they promote. Now, Candace Owens has said this best because it was Tim Poole who came forward and said, "Uh, you should be praising Biden. He actually condemned trans activists, to which Candace Owens responds, you're missing the point entirely. Biden is only condemning this act because his voters were outraged. He invited this into, Individual to the white house fully knowing that this individual or what this individual was and exactly how they behaved in public his entire instagram is de- dedicated to debauchery and then you can see the instagram there um he i believe has been in adult films he has also promoted the uh Sexual education of the LGBTQ ideology to children. So this is who the Biden White House invited. And then they were shocked and mortified when they were embarrassed because the nation got pissed off that you had adults flashing their breasts in front of the entire nation. Now, Karine Jean-Pierre has since come out and said that this was unacceptable, it was unfair, it wasn't appropriate, it was super disrespectful to the families. But again, like I am going to continue hounding home, this is exactly what the LGBTQ community represents. It's why every single year we see horrific videos coming out of pride events of adults twerking in front of children, stripping in front of children. Uh, you know, little kids putting dollar bills in the G-strings of men dressed as women it's why every single pride month we see the most degenerate displays possible and you know what guys like i'm pretty like i don't care if you want to be gay and you want to do all that crazy degenerate stuff whatever okay go do it at night go do it in a club why are you doing it in the middle of the day smoking and drinking in public around children why are you forcing me to look at it why are you why is every corporation forcing us to accept this it's absolutely ridiculous and like I said they've completely overplayed their hand now Rose Montoya has since come out and responded to the backlash and I just want to you to guys to listen to the first 30 seconds of this man's response to this because it's, it's comical really listen
3: I just recently come to my attention that conservatives are trying to use the video of me topless at the White House to try to call the community groomers, etc. And I would just like to say that, first of all, going topless in Washington, D.C. is legal. And I fully support the movement in freeing the nipple because why is...
0: Okay. So he goes on to talk about how the backlash that ensued confirms that he's really a woman because he exposed his breasts when it's like, yeah, no, we're mad about the degeneracy that was on display at all with again even the white house coming forward and condemning this the biden white house i, I mean you got to be pretty crazy you have to have embarrassed the biden administration quite a bit to get the condemnation from them i mean biden hasn't even condemned his own son and we've all seen photos of him doing cocaine and crack with hookers so it's like Yeah, you must have embarrassed the Biden administration pretty bad if they came out and banned you from the White House when Hunter Biden's walking around scot-free, despite being a crackhead degenerate himself. Now, again, going back to, you know, some of Candace Owens' rhetoric on this, because she just puts it very eloquently. She says the LG... TQIA plus community has always been clear about the fact that they glorify nudity, pornography, and sexual fetishes, which are staples at pride events. Joe Biden got exactly what he ordered, and now he's being a coward and scapegoating one mentally ill man. Pride month is filth. So I I kind of am of the same thoughts on this, too, where I'm like, I'm not going to. Praise the Biden administration for condemning a trans activist when they invited said trans activists to the White House. And that's exactly what the LGBTQ community has and always, I mean, yeah, has always stood for since the beginning of their inception. I mean, I even remember when, like I said, they started bringing gay characters into TV shows or into movies and it was like such explicit gay sex scenes. And now you go on Netflix and it's just, it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. It's like, I don't like sex scenes in general. I think they're weird and creepy. I don't like watching straight people have sex on screen, let alone gay people, but like the gays make it extra explicit every single time. So anyways, getting off of the weird sex obsession in Hollywood and with the LGBTQ community, we are seeing major W's this month. And this Pride Month has been like none other. That we've ever seen, if I'm honest with you. And I tweeted this out yesterday. I said Target removed pride items and displays from stores after losing billions. Bud Light lost billions after partnering with Dylan Mulvaney. Starbucks allegedly banned pride decorations for the rest of the month. The White House just condemned and banned the trans influencers who flashed to the nation. Based on the incredible backtrack we're seeing, maybe corporations and the federal government backing a giant sex cult wasn't the best choice. Now, I put allegedly behind the Starbucks portion of that tweet because yesterday Starbucks workers were claiming that Starbucks said, "Okay, we have to take down Pride decorations for the duration of Pride Month and they're banned from stores, which I did not believe in the slightest because this is Starbucks. Come on, guys. I mean, they're the most woke of the woke. They're the most liberal corporation there is. Um, But this union came out and accused Starbucks of this. And of course, Starbucks claimed they have not banned any pride displays and that the workers claims are false. But they did try to, you know, make this huge issue out of it and say, oh, the pride stuff is banned. And maybe in select states. Pride flags are being taken down. I actually had somebody who saw this tweet and reach out to me and say, you know, my local Starbucks usually has pride stuff all over, plastered everywhere. And for the first time I went in and I was actually able to just enjoy my coffee without having to see the LGBTQ propaganda shoved down my throat. So maybe there are select Starbucks that are doing this, um, but the Starbro- Starbucks Corporation themselves have said that they have not officially banned the Pride uh, decorations. However, still major wins happening this month because, uh, I mean, who would have ever thought that the Bidens would have come out and banned a transgender person from the White House? I mean, that in itself is like, okay, I I didn't think that they would ever actually even go that far. So that in itself is surprising, but they still invited said person. So what did they expect? Now, California always gets brought up when we talk about transgenderism. And I want to highlight why people nationwide are so angry, specifically parents. In our last episode, we talked about how Parents across the nation from the West Coast to the East Coast have been so upset about what has been happening with their children that they are pushing back against school boards. They are going and protesting. They are making their voices heard. Now, state legislators, state legislators in California don't like that very much. And I, I want you to listen. To one of the California state legislators talking about a seven-year-old and their child identity and the importance, the quote-unquote importance of affirming trans children. So this is what California is trying to push. And this is why parents are so upset, because the state is trying to come in and take away parents' children if the parents have the audacity to say, hey, I am not going to allow the state to indoctrinate my child via the education system and brainwash my child into thinking there's something that they're not. Well, now the state is trying to take it a step further since parents are pushing back against the indoctrination in the schools and trying to make it against the law not to affirm your child. Listen to this.
2: So this particular bill adds the very important factor that affirming a child's gender identity is in their best interest. By saying and rejecting it in wholesale, then you're essentially rejecting your child. And that is not in the best interest of a child. We should be affirming our children in every possible way and getting them whatever appropriate care they need, whether it's based on their gender, whether it's based on how their um, studies are in school. It doesn't matter. Our children should be affirmed. And this is saying that you have to include gender affirmation as a part of that.
0: So there you guys go. You have to include gender affirmation as a part of... um your child, what did she say there at the beginning? So this
2: particular bill adds the very important factor that affirming a child's gender identity is in their best interest.
0: Best interest. That's the part I wanted to focus in on there, because the state is now trying to define what is in your child's best interest. They're now trying to come in and take the role of the parent and say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and label it as child abuse if you don't affirm your seven-year-old's gender identity that we, by the way, indoctrinated them with via the education system. So that's what's going on in California. Now, last episode, we took a peek at Montgomery County. I believe that was in Maryland, and there were many diverse families, OK, a big Muslim community there as well, who were extremely upset that pride events were going on at the school for their children. Now, a, a county council member, her name's Kristen Mink, has since come out and had this to say about the parents.
1: The this issue has unfortunately put it, it does put a uh... Some, and not all, of course, but some Muslim families, on the same side of an issue, as white supremacists and outright bigots. And you know, there. Are, however, the the uh, the folks who I've talked to here today, I would not put in the same category as those folks. Although, you know, it's again complicated because they're falling on the same side of this particular issue.
0: Okay. So if you're a parent and you don't like the state coming in and teaching your child sexually explicit material or material that they should know nothing about that's confusing them, then you're a white supremacist and you're a bigot. Now, I consistently talk on this show about why we should focus in on the manipulation of our language. And certain words being used, like Trump supporters being equated to Nazis, like people like myself who have a different view being equated to a fascist because we don't want men in the women's bathrooms. We now have parents being equated to bigots and white supremacists. We now have the state trying to come in and tell parents what's in the best interest of their child. It's the indoctrination that the state is pushing forward, that the... Medical industry is profiting off of, by the way. So it's absolutely disgusting to see this, but luckily, not every city council is bad. And uh, the United States only Muslim majority town, Hamtramck, Michigan, bans the pride flag on public property. The city does not want to open the door for radical or racist groups to ask for their flags to be flown. Hassan one of the council members stated on tuesday ham tramp michigan city council if you're from michigan and i'm absolutely butchering that uh sorry uh so their city council unanimously voted to ban pride flags from being displayed on public property located just outside detroit ham tramp is the only Muslim-majority town in the United States. So the ruling was celebrated with cheers and applauses inside City Hall where dozens of concerned residents, Muslim and Christian, had shown up to express their thoughts on the matter. According to the Detroit Free Press, the resolution was introduced by Councilman and Mayor Pro Mohammed Hassan and applies not only to pride flags, but also those promoting any religious, ethnic, racial, political, or sexual orientation group. So uh, there you guys go. Uh, I really was not expecting the Muslims to be at the forefront of this and being the minority pushing back. Um, now being added into the group of white supremacists and bigots for protecting their children. But here we are, 2023. Now, it's not just the parents that are getting pissed off. A lot of the parents still do have a hold on their child's viewpoints, values, education and uh, raising their children right as long as the state doesn't take them away maybe if you're living in california i'd suggest moving out unless you want your kid to be um, brainwashed and then if you say hey maybe you're not trans your kid is taken away the parents nationwide who have had a say in raising their children and instilling values and morals in them Those children are also pushing back against Pride Month, and they've had enough of it. Now, this is from a high school in Huntington Beach, California. They were in math class, okay? And their teacher's trying to play them a Pride video. I don't know what uh, adult sexuality and kinks have to do with math, but America in 2023, this is how the kids responded. Listen to this, you guys.
1: the kids okay, i'll warn you guys now if you're gonna be inappropriate i will have supervision down and give all of you a saturday school for next year so knock
0: it off okay okay and then yeah there's the state actor coming in aka the teacher coming in saying if you guys don't stop and and watch this indoctrination brainwashing video um we're gonna make you come into a class on a saturday So there you guys go. But you listen to the genuine responses of those kids when that Pride video was being played. One of them fake gagged. Another was like, why are you showing this to kids? The kids don't want to see this anymore. They're tired of it. And it's not just the high schoolers. The middle schoolers are going even harder, okay? Maybe there is some faith left uh, for Gen Z, some hope left for the next generation. This was a middle school in... I believe this was Massachusetts, okay? This is a local news broadcast, truly incredible. Watch this. Parents
3: angry at Town Hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up. Some students chanted USA are my pronouns and students showing pride were intimidated.
0: It was an unruly disruption. In fact, that was organized ahead of Time.
3: While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown.
0: Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground. But, you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings.
3: She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams.
0: Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and wines." And my daughter just kind of said, you know, Mom, that's, that's offensive to, to me, who I am straight. Okay, can we just one clap, give a round of applause for Gen Z? Maybe there is hope for them yet. I honestly, I do crap on Gen Z quite a bit because of TikTok, but they really do seem to be pushing back against this, and I absolutely love to see it. So good on you, Gen Z. Also, can we just look at the juxtaposition of the state actor in this broadcast and the parent who looks alive and well that's like yeah my kid didn't want to be a part of this because it's ridiculous and she felt forced if you look at the two women side by side one of them it has like frazzled ugly hair she's wide-eyed she looks like a wannabe authoritarian and then you have the parent there she looks beautiful she looks vibrant she's like yeah my kid didn't want to do this and that's the importance of having the state come in and forcing kids to do this because kids are naturally especially those that have been raised by christian or i guess in this instance as well muslim parents they don't want this they have with common sense and they're like yeah i don't want to be a part of this i'm a kid this is ridiculous which is why it's important for them like i said the state to come in and force children to do this now this is up in canada this isn't the united states yet and it never will be if we continue to push back. But this is Canada, okay? This is a Canadian teacher talking to a Muslim student because she was mad that the, the student didn't want to be a part of pride. Listen to how this teacher is talking to these students.
1: They're here when we did Ramadan for a long time. And they're showing respect in the class for your religion, right? For your beliefs. It goes two ways. If you want to be respected for who you are, If you don't want to suffer prejudice for your religion, your um, color of skin, your whatever, then you've got to give it back to people who are different from you. That's how it works. It's an exchange. And it isn't like that in all countries. As I told you, in Uganda, literally, if they think you're gay, they will execute you. If you believe that kind of thing, then you don't belong here. Because that is not what Canada believes. We believe in... Freedom. We believe that people can marry whomever they want. That is in the law. And if you don't think that should be the law, you can't be Canadian. You don't belong here. And I mean it. I really mean it. And it's not a joke, Manzoor.
0: Okay, so we have now gone full circle with wokeism. And we now have the the people, right, the progressives, who championed minorities, which again, Muslim students by their definition would be, telling them that they don't belong in their country if they don't want to be a part of pride. Now, the funniest part about this teacher's speech as well is like, we're, we're Canadian. You can't be Canadian if you don't believe this. We believe in freedom. But this teacher doesn't believe in these students' freedoms to not be a part of this nonsense, to not want to believe in this nonsense. To be quite honest with you, It's against uh, a lot of people's religion to be a part of this. It's against my religion as a Christian to promote or be a part of the LGBTQ indoctrination or community. It's like, yeah, no, it's against my religion. So this teacher talking about freedom while simultaneously tramping on this Muslim student's religion. It's just absolutely comical to me. But, hey, that's Canada. And this is how... um, a lot of the Muslim families in Canada have responded. If you're uh, listening via podcast, what you're seeing is a little Muslim kids stomping all over pride flags while holding up the Canadian flag. Now, this video as well, sparked quite a bit of conversation with people saying, "Oh, don't bring your kids into politics." But what I see in this video is parents teaching their kids and instilling the morals and values of if you're if an adult comes up to you and tries to indoctrinate you with this, do not listen to it. So what I see here in this is parents instilling the morals and values that they want instilled in their children. Um, that's what I took away from that video. And and again, any adult who is trying to impose the LGBTQ confusion on children. And many people have said are straight up satanic. And to be quite honest with you, it's like the more and more stuff that comes out, the more I'm like, OK, it's like it's hard to refute this at this point. Now, Robbie Starbuck, he's one of my good friends, he used to work in Hollywood. Uh, he ran for Congress in Tennessee, I, I believe. Really big patriot, used to live in Hollywood, used to, you know, rub noses with celebrities. Now, apparently he used to live in the same gated community as Megan Fox. And he put this tweet out about Megan Fox. He said, these are Megan Fox's sons. We used to live in the same gated community and our kids played at the park. I saw two of them have a full-on breakdown saying they were forced by their mom to wear girl clothes as their nanny tried to console them. It's pure child abuse, pray for them. And then it's Megan Fox with her three boys who all have long hair and are dressed as little girls. And then Megan Fox responded, okay? She said, hey, Robbie Starbuck, I really don't want to give you this attention because you're clearly a clout chaser. She goes on to talk about how he shouldn't be exploiting her children's gender identity and how he effed with the wrong witch so she calls herself a witch and this story came out in the new york post last week where this woman wanted to uh, survey the nature in her yard. So she put up a little secret camera and in the middle of the night, what she saw was witches eating a dead carcass on her property, which absolutely horrified her. Megan Fox took a screenshot of that story, put it on her Instagram and it was like me at Robbie Starbucks house later. So this woman is a full on witch and she says she's a witch and her kids, I mean, look at her kids as well. It's like people like to say that uh, those are part of the LGBTQ community and those specifically trying to push this on little kids and confuse little kids or quote like quote unquote satanic or just have like very ulterior evil ulterior motives. And then it's like Megan Fox perfectly exemplifies this by screaming about how she's a witch and um that's what she's doing to her kids. Now, why are people pushing back against this? Because anybody with common sense sees how insane this is. I have a new video coming out. Where I went and I asked members of the transgender community, hey, uh, do you think that we should remove gender from birth certificates? Because the American Medical Association proposed that we did. And the majority of trans parents, okay, these were uh, trans, pansexual, lesbian, gay parents with their kids, three years old, in their arms on camera saying, yeah, it's ridiculous to have the gender on there because it's pointless because babies are babies. Gender is irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why gender is relevant, and for those that say, oh, gender is different from sex. No, it's not. There's two genders. There's two sexes. Stop being ridiculous. You can be male or female. Pick one. And usually, by the way, you can't pick. You're usually born as one. You can pretend to be the other one, but you can't actually be the other one, no matter how hard you try. The reason why it is important to see the differentiation between these two genders is because there are biological, psychological, and physical differences. There's spiritual differences between men and women even, okay? This is on multiple levels here. Now, I got a scoop that the PR7s, which is an American rugby league, is going to be playing here in Austin, Texas this Saturday, and they have a very special player on one of their teams. I wrote this article for the Post Millennial. I'd highly encourage you guys to go and read it. Uh, U.S. rugby team ignores official guidelines, allows biological male to compete against women. Now, this is Emma Farnan, my friends. Emma Farnan is a biological male who previously, mind you, just to give you a background on some of Farnan's uh, athletic capabilities, when he went as Emmett Farnan back in college, he actually made... National news and sports illustrated and barstool sports because he was able to run a half marathon in under two hours while chugging 13 beers. So that's a little bit of uh, Emma's athletic capabilities. And you can see him in this photo just towering over the other females. Uh, I did a thread about this because it is actually against US world rugby guidelines for transgender women to play against biological women because it's such a risk of injury for the women that are playing against this person. Uh, So again, they're holding their kickoff conference this Saturday here in Austin, and they're allowing Emma Farnon to play. I think the funniest part of this whole story is that Farnon plays the prop position for the Southern Headliners team. Now, I don't know anything about rugby, so I really had to do a lot of research into this piece so I could understand it. And the prop position is usually played by the biggest players on the team. It's played by Emma Farnan, who is a biological male. By the way, the headliners, who Farnan competed for back in 2022, currently hold the title as women's champions. Can you guys imagine that? Can you guys imagine that? That the the women's team with a dude playing on it beat out all of the other women. It's just absolutely it's it's hilarious. Now Farnan was interviewed by Good Morning America uh, earlier this year in January and said that he has zero biological advantages over women. And I'm sure it's just by luck that his team beat out every other uh, female team in the league and I'm sure is going to absolutely dominate this Saturday at the Q2 Stadium in Austin. Uh, there's Farnan as a dude. He didn't transition until well after puberty. And uh, again, the World Rugby Official Guidelines have been put in place Because transgender women, and they even went in and they did their own study, they studied this for a year. And they were like, yeah, you know, people can lie and say that if a biological male is taking hormones, that the testosterone will lessen in his body. But after puberty he still has a bigger body mass, he still has bigger muscle mass, he still has bigger shoulders, greater bone density. So they went over all of this and this poses a huge risk for the female athletes involved. But of course, because we live in crazy land, everyone wants to pretend that that's not a real thing. Now, funny thing too, guys, uh, I put this out on my Twitter and it got almost half a million views. And since that time, if you go on the Premier Sevens website, uh, Emma Farnan is number 13, and they removed. Farnan from the website. Isn't that so crazy? Now he's still on the roster to play. So I think they're just going to kind of try to sneak under the radar and allow him to play without letting anybody know that there's a trans woman on the team. Uh, but they can remove number 13 Emma Farnan from their website, but the story's already been broken and they can't hide the fact that a biological male is competing on the Southern headliners when they ultimately take the women's championship title for the 2023 season. I'm just going to place my bets now that that's something that's going to happen. Now, Karine Jean Pierre, our Ditsy press secretary, was asked about parents who might be concerned about their daughters playing against a biological male. And this is what she had to say uh, from Clown World directly. Let's listen in.
3: What would the president say to parents out there who have daughters, uh, let's say in high school, for example, who are worried that their daughter may have to compete against a male, a male? a person born male and they, and there could be directly in physical athletic competition and worry about their daughter's safety.
1: So look, uh I, I what you're alluding to is basically saying that transgender kids are dangerous. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Well, you're saying you're, you're saying that their safety is at, is in, is is at risk. Yeah, but you're 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 laying out a broad kind of broad example or explanation of
0: OK, I'm cutting Jean Pierre off right there, and I'm going to say that they are dangerous. How many more stories of female athletes getting their skulls broken and getting concussions after having to play against a biological male pretending to be a woman? Do we need to see now? This is absolutely hilarious, too, and it's just a complete um, ignorance of reality. And what's actually going on, because we see headlines like this every single week, like this one from the New York Post. Controversial trans cyclist Austin Killips wins North Carolina race by five minutes with another female uh, competitor saying that uh, his power was not comparable. This is a biological male that competed against women in a women's cyclist championship. He won $5,000, beat out every other female by five minutes. So when Corinne Jean-Pierre tries to shut down people's and parents' legitimate questions of the, yes, dangers of young females having to play against biological males, not only are the males beating out females in every single sport, and that is dangerous because guess what? Their scholarships, their opportunities and their rights and their right to safety and privacy in their own locker rooms is being taken away. But on top of that, you play rugby as a female against a male, you play volleyball and get a volleyball spike to the head and you get a concussion because you're playing against a dude. Oh, you're in an MMA match and you get your skull cracked against a dude. Karine Jean-Pierre is going to say you're the bad person for saying that that's dangerous. And this is why people are pissed off nationwide. This is why parents are pushing back. This is why corporations are paying the price when they partner with transgender individuals like Dylan Mulvaney. It is why we are seeing an intense backtrack against pride as a whole. Because like I said, they have shoved their ideology down our throat and we are seeing the reality of it. We are seeing the reality of trans women saying that they're women And the reality is real women being put at risk, real women being severely injured. We are seeing uh, men come into our spaces, into our locker rooms, into our spas like this one. This comes from the post-millennial Korean Christian spa in Seattle, forced to allow males to bathe nude with women. A female-only nude spa in Washington state has been forced to give biological males access to its facilities following an unsuccessful legal battle against the Washington state's Human Rights Commission. A Seattle court ruled that Olympus Spa, which has locations in Lidwood and Tacoma, could not constitutionally prevent biological males from bathing naked with women. And, uh, I assume this is one of the transgender activists, clearly a dude that was championing this. And you could go and read all of the stories of men who even pretended to be transgender women. So they could go and spy on naked women because it was their kink to dress up as a woman and to make other women uncomfortable. Go and look it up yourself. If you think I'm a transphobic bigot, you can look up headline after headline after headline of instances like this happening. This is the reality of trans women are women. No, they are not. They are biological men. And no matter how much you scream and cry about it, that is never going to change. And I want to play this video of a trans man, aka a biological woman, realizing how difficult this reality is, okay? So this is a a woman who transitioned into a dude crying because it's so hard to be a guy. And I could imagine that if you were a biological woman, because biologically men are different from women, that it would be a difficult thing to try to go hang with the dudes all the time. Watch this video.
3: Nobody told me how lonely being a man is. I had closer friendships with random women I met in the bathroom before I transitioned at clubs because of how open women are than I've had in my eight years of transitioning. Because women are just so much more vulnerable and deep and men. But to have known, and I think a lot of trans men feel this, is we knew what depth felt like before we transitioned. We knew what it felt like to like have people want to hug us. And to have people want to talk to us. And to have a community. And then you transition and you're just a guy walking down the street that people cross the street so that they're not near you. And friendships are so much harder to build.
0: Okay. I'm not trying to be rude and laugh at this, but this is the perfect example of the difference between men and women. And you can pretend you can take the hormones, you can get the surgeries, you can take the testosterone, but at the end of the day, no matter how hard you try, you cannot change your chemical makeup. You can't change emotionally, physically what you are, which is either a man or a woman. Now, I want to highlight the two reactions to this video, okay? So Libs of TikTok posted this video. Libs of TikTok is run by a woman and she posted this video with the caption, this is really sad. Trans man realizes how hard it is to be a man when you're really a woman. Males and females are different and no matter what you do to your body, you can't be the opposite sex. So this is Libs of TikTok who is a woman responding to this. Now, this is uh, Indian Bronson who's a dude on Twitter responding to this and Again, inherent difference between men and women, because a woman watches this video and goes, oh, that's so sad. A man watches this video and goes, there's something hilarious to me about this. And I think it's because the hormones this chick's whole remaking of herself is astonishingly well done. If you're a podcast listener, like he looks like a dude. His voice is deep. He's got the beard. He looks like a dude. But then this Twitter user who's a man says, it looks and sounds just like a completely normal guy suddenly being a huge sissy slash doing an impression of a woman complaining. So there you guys go, all right? And, And this is just like the perfect even, not only is the video the perfect example of how no matter how hard you try to pretend, you will never be a woman if you are a man and you will never be a man if you are a woman, not only is the emotion of this woman Having to deal with men every single day, a perfect example of that, but also men and women's responses to this video is a great example of the difference between men and women. Women are naturally more empathetic. They're, they're you know, caretakers. They create life. They're, they're more compassionate. And then you have men and men are cold and they're cold hearted. Sometimes they're kind of mean. They'll make jokes. They'll laugh at you. They can be very harsh. And even the men's response to this woman pretending to be a man is they're laughing at it. And they're like, uh, this just looks like a dude making fun of women and how emotional they are. And that's why this woman will never be a man. and He will never feel like or she will never feel like. Sorry, I'm even getting confused here she will never feel like she belongs with the men, even though she feels like a man because men at the end of the day would never you know, he even says it in the video, like, oh, women, were used to being hugged. Men are not going to freaking go and like, they don't hug each other. They beat each other up. They're mean to each other. They fight each other. Even my own little brother. All right. He hit puberty. He was so sweet. He hit puberty. Now he roasts me on the daily. He's still very sweet to me. I love my little brother, but it's like, that's the difference between men and women. Men are naturally more cold and harsh and they have a different role than women do. So, It's just hilarious to me. I'm sorry, I am laughing at this video. I'm kind of, I'm one of the, I have a lot of testosterone as a woman. I am a woman. Doesn't matter, you know, if I have higher rates of testosterone or not, but it's just like when I see this video, same. I think it's funny. I do. It's like, yeah, you want to pretend that men have these easy lives. They don't. You, I even know how blessed I am to have woman privilege. Okay. You think that I want to pay bills for the rest of my life? No. You think that when I'm moving, I want to carry heavy things? No. Who am I calling? I'm calling my dad and my brother. You think that if I have heavy groceries, I'm carrying up the stairs and a man offers to help me. I'm going to say, no, absolutely not. I'm going to say, yeah, you're stronger than I am. Please help me with this. Women have a lot of privileges and they, again, via the lie of feminism, have given them all up to be men. But guess what? The women who have turned themselves into men absolutely hate it. And it is because the good Lord Jesus in heaven gave us our genders and gave us our rules for a reason. Now, we're going to go over some of the dark sides of transgenderism here in a moment and then We'll wrap the show here. Um, but this is some of the realities of transgenderism, right? It's, it's women realizing that they never will be men. It is men dominating in women's sports and having to pretend that they're not bigger and stronger when they know inherently that they're lying to themselves. Now, Elliot Page, transgender man, aka a woman, came out with her memoir and it turns out that she was groomed. She was sexually abused. In Hollywood by two men and a woman, and her story is horrific. And I want to read this one quote from this story because it's 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 really heartbreaking. I did read the whole story about what she went through. And one of the reasons she was drawn to playing such dark roles as a, an actress in her day. Was because she said that she was drawn to the intense traumatic work at the time due to her sexual abuse. She was saying as a teenager, she dealt with a lot of predatory behavior. And so it was something she was interested in tackling. Now, this is the interesting part to me. She said... Uh, that she used acting to avoid reality. There was an element of escape. You're going to a place where it's your job to feel and connect as much as possible. And we live in a world that encourages us on some level not to. So she talks about how uh, her acting was used to avoid reality. Now, what is Elliot Page doing every single day of her life now? She's acting She's acting out a character to avoid reality instead of facing her sexual abuse trauma head on um, instead of maybe coming to terms with the fact that she might have been uncomfortable in her sexuality because men objectified her and made her feel like a sexual object and that made her uncomfortable in her. Uh, femininity. That is something that happens to quite a few women. They will get raped, they will get sexually abused by men when they are younger. And it makes them feel icky for being a woman, it makes them feel like it was their fault. And then they transition into men. So what Ellen Page, okay, acting as Elliot Page, even admits herself is that she uses acting as a form of escape from reality. So what I I see when I look at Ellen Page in the modern day, acting as Elliot Page is somebody who's trying to escape reality via acting as a man, because she will never be a man. And that is the reality of the trans movement for so many young people. They are trying to pretend to be something that they're not because they're trying to avoid the reality of why they're uncomfortable really as a woman or as a man. And a lot of that is due to, uh, you know, trauma or abuse or some type of mental disability or disorder in some way, shape or form. So it's really heartbreaking. And that's why too, like, I try not to be too, angry towards the trans community. Like I do get angry when it's the men that are impeding on women's spaces. But like every single trans man, AKA biological woman that I've seen, it's like these just are women that were sexually abused and they think that turning into a man is a way to help them cope with that. And it's it's really heartbreaking every single time. Um, Now, another reality of the trans movement is men erasing women as a whole. So John Hopkins University uh, put out their new definitions for the LGBTQ glossary, right? So they put their new definition for lesbian out, and they they quoted lesbians as a non man attracted to non men. So the word woman was never used in this new glossary. Now, John Hopkins has since taken this down because of the intense backlash, and then. Uh, An LGB group, uh, they are distancing themselves from the TQ on Twitter, did some investigation into who proposed this new definition change. And it was a biological man pretending to be a woman who was trying to erase women, a trans identifying man called Paula M. Nera approved the change in the definition of a lesbian in the Glossary of John Hopkins. Trans identifying men have been actively harassing lesbians, vandalizing and forcing into female only groups and spaces. So another reality of the transgender movement is that it is men trying to come in and erase women. They're trying to take our experiences. They're trying to say women aren't special. Anybody can give birth. Men can give birth. Men can have periods. Men are just like women. Men can do Anything that women can, and guess what? We can do it even better, which is why we're beating all your asses and winning all your championship titles. That's exactly what's happening here. And as we're seeing with this uh, trans woman, here's another example of a man trying to erase women. So this is the reality of the transgender movement in action. Um, by the way, Demi Lovato made waves because apparently she got tired of using they them pronouns. And she said it was absolutely exhausting. Apparently, she still goes by she, her, they, them. But she was like, it was just like so tiring having to constantly educate people on the fake made up terminology that we made up like a year ago. So I just stopped using it because I just got tired of explaining it. She really went on to like, she tried to make it more liberal sounding. And, and she really was like, "Oh, people are so uneducated, so sad, blah, blah, blah. But the reality of it is that this is made up language. It's the, again, new speak that we're all supposed to adhere to. But it's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And, you know, these members of the community realize how ridiculous it is because they have to keep explaining it to everyone because everyone's like, it doesn't make any sense. And then they get tired of it and then they themselves stop using their own uh, terminology. All right. couple more stories here, and then we'll wrap from the post-millennial, uh, former Philly Starbucks manager wins $25 million after being fired for being white. Now this was the former regional manager that was fired after the infamous, uh, two black men get kicked out of a Starbucks because they were trying to use the bathroom and they didn't buy anything. The police were called. It was this big thing where everyone was like, Oh, Starbucks is racist, blah, blah, blah. So they fired this regional manager, despite the fact that it was her black. um, I believe it was like a black. It was like her manager above her who was black. Yeah. It was a black supervisor, who made the 911 call that day and the black supervisor himself went to court and was like, yeah, she was scapegoated in this situation. And we think it was because she's white because I'm black and I made the phone call and nothing happened to me. So she won $25.6 million. So incredible W's this month, um, but also some just, you know, in insight into how insane everything still is. So this came from the New York Times and here is the difference between like white and black America here. Right. So in white America, um, you are fired and discriminated against for your skin tone. And it takes years to win your lawsuit. If you're black, you can be late to work 20, uh, 47 times. My apologies. Uh, this black employee was fired because she was late to work 47 times. And Equinox, which is a really fancy gym, was forced to pay her 11 million dollars dollars for her discrimination lawsuit now this uh lawsuit happened out of you guessed it new york and it was a majority white liberal jury who decided that this woman should be awarded 11 million dollars despite being late 47 times she goes on to make the case that other employees were also late and they never got fired but she did because she's black so there you guys go in uh, If you're a white person in America, you will actually do face oppression and discrimination. And um, that's just your everyday life. Black people can call you subhuman and call for your death. And then um, if you're a white person in America just trying to do your job, uh, the black community can come in. They can steal your bike that you paid for. And then you are labeled a Karen and your life is ruined. But then if you're black, you can be late 47 times and then you can sue your employer and then get an $11 million payout. And then also be uh, martyred if you were a criminal who was threatening people in a New York City subway like Jordan Neely was. Uh Sadly, Daniel Penny has been indicted by the state of New York because he was brave enough to stand up for fellow New Yorkers who were being harassed and threatened with violence by Jordan Neely, a violent black offender. There you guys go. So uh, Clown World 2023, now we're going to wrap up with some fun financial news. Uh, the Biden administration announced, and I believe this was today. Oh, it was yesterday. I'm a little bit behind here. They announced a new $325 million package of military aid to Ukraine. And guess what, guys? That's the 40th package so far, bringing that total sent to $40 billion. Now, I believe that this $40 billion is... Um, so this is the 40th military aid package. And the New York Post says this is 40 billion to Ukraine. I think that it's a lot more than that. Um, but uh, per the Post, 40 billion and the 40th aid package to Ukraine. Uh, Meanwhile, the United States is still dealing with record high inflation. Funny enough, the White House put out this inflation report that showed that annual inflation is now at its lowest level since March 2021. Everybody absolutely clowned this graphic because they were like, why would Joe Biden put up a graphic showing that inflation rates are higher than they were and peaked and were at their highest level during his term in office and then show it going down. So everybody just absolutely clowned the Biden administration. And, and this is like how dumb they think the average American is, is they give you a graphic and they're like, well, inflation was low, you know, before we took over. And then it like kind of spiked, but now it's going back down guys. So everything's great. By the way, we're sending a 300 million words to Ukraine Please clap and please look away as we indict Donald Trump for crimes that we all actually committed. Thank you so much. Welcome to America in 2023. And with that, I am wrapping this episode of Rapid Fire. Oh, my gosh. We've been going for about almost an hour and a half, guys. I had a lot to say today I'm sorry that this was such a long episode, but if you stuck with me till the end, thank you so much for doing so. You are a super Sav supporter, and I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you as well to all of my subscribers on Subscribestar. You guys really go the extra mile to make sure that the show stays uh, on the ground, keeps going, keeps moving, to every single person who likes, subscribes, you know, goes on Rumble, shares the videos, even leaves a comment. I appreciate each and every single one of you guys as well. Also, the Apple pod um review levers thank you guys as well I really really do uh can I, I can't thank you guys enough for you know listening to the show being a part of the show again I remember when I started the show I think it's been like a year and a half two years now I used to get about a hundred viewers and uh it was a very like put together a clunky show and now it's uh it's really taken off and quite a few of you listen so it really means the world to me every single time you like share subscribe comment and uh listen i really really appreciate it so thank you guys for being with me as we venture through the uh insanity of the united states in 2023 Let's all pay attention to what the Biden administration is doing and not get distracted by naked trannies or aliens. Uh, let's let's stay the course, guys, and focus, which I think all of you guys here are smart enough to do. With that I'm wrapping this episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. And as always, thank you so much for being here. I'll see you guys next time.